You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jerry Clem, alongside my loyal sidekick and right-hand man and newest football department head. Hey, Kevin, let's go. Oh, I'm so go. tired and hungover. Also, I mean, he has a reason to. The 2020 college football national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Oh, man, that was a great game last night. Honestly, um... That was like honestly kind of nerve wracking for about maybe ten into about maybe what tw- ten minutes into the third quarter, Samir, and then it just became basically an onslaught of who was the better team. Yeah, I mean, like on that that uh, fourth down stop, uh, I think what was it, the middle of the fourth quarter, and then uh, third quarter, and then Najee Harris got his third. That was about it. That pretty much wrapped it up. And we also established that nobody in Division One football can cover Devontae Smith. So, yeah. Um, I, I, the last time I was nervous during the game was the Mac Jones fumble. I don't know who fucked up on that. If Mac Jones didn't properly recognize the blitz and call uh, or adjust his block accordingly, Miller, Forrestall, and Alex Leatherwood looked like they kind of fucked up. Uh, Forrestall took the end. Leatherwood didn't block anyone. So I don't know if Forrestall should have bounced out and given the end to uh, Leatherwood or if Billingsley just missed the block because he did that at the end. But I don't know if he was like a last option. He was supposed to be running a route and he's like, shit, I got to try and block this guy now. But that was the last time, really. Uh, after, well, that, after like that touchdown, it was pretty much smooth sailing for Alabama. I mean, the, the biggest thing is, and as a former offensive lineman, I'll say this off the bat. The, the rule of thumb is block inside out. Because it gives your quarterback time to step up in the pocket unless you're a Ohio State who wants their quarterback to get out on the perimeter and start throwing the ball down the field. By the way, I, I said this before the game last night to my parents because they were asking me, like, was there anything I was watching? There, is there, like, are there anything you're watching for the show, anything you're watching for work? And I'm like, I'm really watching if Justin Fields is really worth the hype or was that just Clemson being the laziest team on the planet? Because last night proved to me that Zach Wilson might be a better quarterback, at least to the morons in the draft board. I think it's a toss up. I personally don't care because I don't want either one on my team. But if I had to make an educated guess, I think Fields has a higher upside. But right now, I think like Zach Wilson could start tomorrow and be fine, where Justin Fields would need like a year or a couple games behind somebody to kind of get himself together. I disagree with that. All right, well, Justin Fields has been playing, and yeah, the Big Ten had a down year. They were not, every conference pretty much had a down year across the board for the most part, except the ACC, and that's because it's hard for the ACC to have a down year compared to what they've been outside of Clemson lately. But Justin Fields played, yeah, there are two worse defenses than we are used to seeing from these teams. Justin Fields played well against a Clemson defense that, like I said, not as good as usual, but still a Clemson defense after getting a rib shot with a helmet, and yeah. then after being still injured, he definitely has broken ribs, still played in the national championship. And honestly, yeah. he played pretty well. I mean, it's he has an 87.2 QBR. 
Uh, 17 for 33 passing, which is it's it's okay. It's about just over 50. percent Um, 194 and a touchdown, no interceptions, which is the, that's the big key there. I think it was just I I'm not gonna say it was a bad performance against a I I think a uh probably a better defense in Alabama than the Clemson had. I think Clemson's defense is a little overrated. I think Venable would take advantage of blitz packages and inexperienced offensive lines. That's why his defense looks so good all year. But um, I don't really think any team had an elite defense this year in college football, or at least had an elite defense where they had a good enough offense to make themselves a competitor. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern's defense was phenomenal this year, but they yeah. they kind of fell off. They didn't. They played well against Justin Fields in the Big Ten Championship, but that offense just can't really put points on the board to capitalize um i but there's no doubt in my mind that justin field should be the first the second not the first the second quarterback off the board because even though he didn't he didn't go lights out he did not have a phenomenal game he had a good enough game but he showed toughness and leadership he got er, especially earlier in the game he got ohio state moving downfield yeah it was tied in the first quarter and then he got that took that hit it probably messed up his ribs a little bit more. He was using mm-hmm. new padding he wasn't used to. I think that's going to contribute, yeah, at least with the comfort level. And, but like I said, he's been going up against Division One FBS defenses all year. Zach Wilson hasn't, and they're both D one still. But I do think there's a significant drop off in defenses between the FCS and the FBS level. You saw it with Cincinnati against Georgia. You even saw it with um, when they took on Coastal Carolina, who was a honest. I know they're not a powerhouse but they had a good defense all year for their standards and they punched BYU in the mouth repeatedly could Zach Wilson start day one yeah probably will you be making the playoffs with Zach Wilson as your quarterback not unless you have Bo Jackson in the backfield or like at least like four or five pro bowl level weapons because he's gonna need a oh and a all pro offensive line because he's gonna need a lot of help day one yeah so and any team that has those kinds of weapons probably isn't in the market for a quarterback yeah, yeah. that would be drafting where he would be taken. I mean, the Broncos could probably use a quarterback. But <laughs> I mean, also, um, the Washington football team. I don't, well, actually, that's a weird one because I don't know. Do you guys buy the Heineken? We'll talk about that later. But this is why I don't touch. Kev, you know this. I don't touch the draft board until the day after free agency, like, like free agency's main day because I want to know what teams attacked in free agency and then I'll make my adjustments because right now you're basically like I could say oh Philadelphia is going to go wide receiver but then they cut a bunch of guys um after Super Bowl's over and go get like a Galladay or somebody like that who might be a little cheaper because they're coming off injury and it's like oh maybe they're going to go lineman or linebacker or corner first pick same thing with like a New England I'm thinking New England's gonna go get a quarterback and then they go get like a Matthew Stafford or something. I'm not sure. Like, it's just an example. So everything shifts after free agency, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't think Philly's going to take a linebacker. Where they're picking, there's no linebacker who's going to be taken there. Uh, guy at a Notre Dame. I can't remember his name. I know you're talking about. He is a weird um, name, I think. Yeah. Not weird, but um, something I'm not used to seeing wherever he's from. Um. The only other guy who might have been available there is Micah Parsons, and he pulled a knife on a teammate, so his draft stock's probably dropping. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want someone want to like break down that story because I saw that headline passing on Twitter, and it kind of I tried to go get it, and the tweet got deleted. So a former Penn State football player is suing 
it, and apparently it's not hurting his draft stock. Mel Kuyper was talking about he's a good fit for Philly. But, yeah. <laughs> so, a former Penn State player is suing one specific Penn State player. Uh, it's not the school. It's not the team. This came out in November at first, and then the lawsuit, it picked up in January. Like, oh, no, it's been going on. Okay. For, like, a year now. I don't know why Mike Farson does all site, but lawsuit, this is from NBC News. Lawsuit says Penn State football players threatened to Sandusky teammates in hazings. <laughs> oh, I saw uh, that headline, but I tried oh, to yeah. click on it. It went, like, it, it wouldn't even connect to anything. Isaiah Humphreys uh, made the allegations in a federal complaint. Suit named three players, uh, Micah Parsons, Yatir Gross-Matos, and Jesse Lucada, and defensive tackle Damian Barber. Barber's the only defendant who's a player, and he's also suing James Franklin. Uh, he was at Penn State in 2018. Other... Him and under other underclassmen were frequently targeted for hazing acts that stimulate sexual assault. Players would regularly pin younger teammates on the floor and stimu- simulate a humping action while on top or place their genitals on the face of the lower classmen. What is this, Blue Mountain State? Like, what the hell? Jesus. They would place genitalia on parts of other of lower classmen and simulate things. Um, and then also they apparently would just beat the shit out of them. And once uh, Parson pulled a knife on the guy and he went to James Franklin and said, like, this is going on. He's like, well, I expect them to beat the shit out of you, but I don't expect them to pull a knife. See, like, allegedly, that's what he said. Allegedly. Um, it's all alleged. Yeah. It's just cl- things claimed in a federal suit. I'm not saying it happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen. See, my biggest kicker off the off the first hand is like I know you guys have all seen like the documentaries from like college football from like in the eighties and nineties and stuff like that. And one of the ones that sticks out to me is of course like on the U part too. They had like the green couch scene. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that part of the the documentary. Where yeah, like some for lower cast would get the crappy down, but that was more for like listening up when the captains and the coaches were talking, stuff like that. But like you see, this is not the first time like we've seen this. I, even worse, it's from Penn State, which already has, you know, a big old black eye with the reputation. It also <laughs> threatening to stand dusky someone while Yo. you're a Penn State football player is Jesus. not a good choice of words. <laughs> it's not yeah, a good I... choice of words regardless of where you go to school or regardless oh, of what you do. But, Yo, it, I just, this is just I, – I, I'm, 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 like, dumbfounded because the worst part about all of this is that – this is coming off of what their worst season in their program's history, right? Uh, yeah, I get it's COVID, but they were just dog shit for most of the season. So, I mean, do we do we hit up a guy like uh like Pastor McCarthy and ask him his thoughts on this, or do we wait until uh uh let, let's wait? I mean, they went four and five. They salvaged their season reasonably well. Yeah, they started zero and five and then won their last four. Yeah, but I mean, let, let's find a there's. They had to have had worse seasons. Oh yeah. Okay, like, Kevin. Also, I mean, no, I th- I swear this is the, well. They, I know they were the first um, top twenty-five ranked team in, in FBS history to go zero and five to start the season or something like that, or maybe top ten or whatever. Yeah, and this is not with vacated wins or anything. I mean, two thousand, two thousand, they went five and seven, coming off a ten-three season, five and six in two thousand one. 
nine and four in 02, but then three and nine in 2003, four and seven in 2004. And then after that, they bounced back. And that's not with any of the vacated wins that Joe Paterno had. But I, James Franklin's gone, right? He has to be. I, I mean, if this he's, if this gets worse and worse, because the problem is, like, I'm not seeing a lot about this in the national media, which is blowing my mind, obviously. So this, this story is about a year old is when it started. And that I think once it's ongoing, like, they can't really talk about it. Yeah, but, like... But, yeah, I don't remember really seeing this at all. That's that's why I think it was, is what's keeping um, James Franklin is because there's no national outcry. With the whole Sandusky and Paterno thing, Kevin, we were kids. Every morning on Sports Center, this stuff was on. So I think that's what's like not like not a saving grace. I would say that's just a horrible use, horrible usage of words. But I mean, like I think his like his good luck charm here is the fact that like the national media hasn't really touched on this so much, which is dumb. Oh, totally stupid. It's horrible. Oh, we'll we'll continue to criticize teams for firing their coaches for 20 minutes, but yet there's another huge, awful hazing scandal at a nationally beloved or at least beloved and hated college that's already got a black eye for the reputation. They're also really weird about this stuff. Like Baylor, they were all in on Baylor and what was going on with Baylor. Then LSU, similar allegations came out. They barely reported on it. Yeah, I found out about this from you. So. I, I, it, to me, the, the NCAA as a whole, to me, has a real integrity issue to begin with. But on top of that, now you're staring down the barrel of all these lawsuits and allegations. And the worst part is some of these are Browse allegations. They came out after the fact, but only like one of them was like, oh, was it a Sean Oakman was one of the bigger ones. And like, they found no evidence whatsoever. And he was acquitted and all this other stuff. And the dude's life is basically pro career is gone. Yeah, but at the I, same time, you have the LSU one, which sounds even worse. Darius Geis, maybe the worst human being ever to play in the NFL, <laughs> one of the worst. Um, I still just, feel bad. I wanted him to do so well after the, his childhood and like all the injuries, and now that all that came out, like, uh, no, he he deserved all these injuries and everything else that happened. Wow. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, I mean, there's certain guys who deserve a second chance, and you root for them, and you, you guys know, as much as this is maybe not to me the most perfect opinion, I am a big fan of Michael Vick because I, I always support the fact that he got his life together, did his time, came back, and actually like was successful and now is still successful as a broadcaster along with being a spokesperson for the ASPCA. As much as you want to make jokes, oh, it's just it so looks – I mean it could be worse, okay? Like he could have gone back to doing this stuff. So I mean, I, I, but like stuff like this, it's just it's just messed up stuff. And of course, it's Penn State of all places. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, Penn Anyone? State. I, I honestly, I, okay. So there's this one person I knew in high school, unnamed. They're gonna go unnamed, of course. This person's family, like every single person, like her brother is there, she's there, parents, everybody went to Penn State, and they believe that this place is heaven on earth. And it's a call. The more and more I look, the more I just look and just die laughing at how stupid these people are. I'm sorry. I had to sound off. Penn State is the Texas A&M of the East Coast. <laughs> it's seriously, it's like ask ask our boy Pinto. It's a well, fucking cult. But 
Let's not compare the two, because Texas A&M has never had allegations like oh, this. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, In I'm terms of fandom, about, yes. Yes, in terms of fandom, yeah, 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 there yeah. is nothing there like go. it. Like, okay, so, like, even, like, so, I, I'm an SEC, ACC fan, right? Kev, you're an SEC guy, you went to an SEC school. I was too poor, I was too poor to go to an ACC school. Either way, like, the fandom in these schools is not that bad, but you get, like, Penn State, I've never seen anything like it. I have a family member who went to Penn State. In my whole extended family, they're all Penn State fans. And I'm just like, okay. Like, I don't get the appeal. I really don't. And it's just every time I I, I actually had a client on my day job who was in the same sorority. And her daughter was in the same sorority as, like, Saquon's girlfriend. So they knew him, Jawan James, uh, Trace McSorley, Miles Sanders. And I'm just like – Oh, they're all great kids. I'm like, I'm sure you think they are. I'm not saying they're not, but like, you know, you guys are, it's like Penn State football is like a cult down there. And I'm just happy those guys didn't get named with this damn loss, this damn uh, lawsuit. Yeah, true. It seemed more defensive guys. Like it was a defensive hazing thing. Um, Let's also though, I've had interactions with Penn State fans. One of my good friends from high school went to Penn State. One of my managers from my job at school went to Penn State. It's not as bad as A&M. In terms oh, of no, no. Alabama, it's like Alabama, but without the success in the titles. No, the, Penn State has had plenty of success in their history. I'm talking about actual national titles, like what do they have three. Um, I know they have less than us. Unless you, I, I see the thing is, I don't know about like the old days, like when Joe Paterno was in high school, you know, in the 1850s. <laughs> they have two claimed, five unclaimed. I hate that shit. So, I mean, what does that give Miami? They Like, five total. Six, yeah, one that was Robson's. At least they have the unclaimed. It's not like, it's all like they just go, oh, we have seven national titles. Yeah, true. At least they, at least they, just, like, I don't like, think, I don't think Miami's got any, like, unclaimed or whatever. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia, they have six, but they only count four years. Who, Penn State or Miami? Miami. Yeah. Well, no, they I think... Five claimed, six unclaimed. Uh, let's see. Alabama, people have issues with some of the Alabama claim titles. Yeah, I know, but, like, once you're getting back into the days where, like, my great uncle played for them and everything. Fun fact. Yeah. Alabama's 18 claimed... Four unclaimed football and Michigan State is six claimed <laughs> to make the intern happy and no unclaimed. What was Michigan State's last like title? As Samir is a fan, you I was probably not alive. Samir, oh. do you have a guess when their last? national title was wow let me say uh, i don't know i mean i'm gonna say 94 throw a random number out there no because i was okay so i'm gonna tell you what's what was what was 94 94 was alabama i thought no that was 92 oh yeah that was a lot yeah because our last I one was, say it was like wisconsin or nebraska wisconsin or nebraska a big 10 a it red a- big 10 school yeah. Um, the Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, Nebraska. Never mind. It was Nebraska. 
Okay, yeah, okay. I don't so know why it said Virginia. That was the back end of the Nebraska, like, because that was the front of that Nebraska dominance from, like, 93 to, like, 2000. And then they took on Miami in 01, and their cup program has never recovered since. I think since. it's very weird that I was just, like, red, big 10, not sure which one. Well, no, one. I think we both were on the same – we were both on the same page about it, though. Yeah. Um. Also, for reference, the last time Michigan State won a national championship – Oh, my God. Neither of my I just parents were alive. 1966. See, I'm not going to be... Did we lose Samir? His connection has been going in and out all day today. So our interns are uh, having internet problems. But Kevin, I got to say though quick, while Samir is um trying to get himself back, Devontae Smith looked incredible last night. Do you... He was – you couldn't co- – I mean, I will say it wasn't like elite-level routes. The dudes were letting him get open, and it was just him just going to town in their secondary. Uh, it was play calling a lot of it. Uh, I'm going to miss Steve Sarkeesian oh, a lot. Uh, but, I mean, Devontae Smith – so Samir texted that he wants my thoughts on Devontae Smith and how he will do in the NFL. I do want your thoughts. He's going to put on size in the NFL. He's got to. He, yeah, he I, has to. He has to. I think a concern would be if he goes the Amari Cooper route and puts on way too much size and then can't run routes as effectively. But then that also comes out of play calling because he kept the size, went to Dallas, played out of his mind. But he's going to keep his speed. He's He can jump out of a building. And also, he's shown he can take hits. Yeah, he like injured his index finger. It might be broken. I'm not sure. That's just a, an injured, like a broken finger. That could happen. It doesn't matter if you're 6'1", 250, or 6'1", that's, 174. That's good, it, to go by, that's good to go by the combine. So, yeah, like, it's, I, I, it's, it's not an happens. issue. Yeah. Um, I broke it in uh, six fingers. It's, I know it's, you're, like, looking to see, like, which – trying to remember which ones you broke, but it's just a funny – like, look like you were trying to count on your okay. hands. Well, I'm, trying to think of my, I'm trying to think of my head. To, okay, it's so a pinky, thumb, pointer, index – other index, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I, it was just a funny visual, but um, <laughs> I think he's going to do fine, and I think he should be the first wide receiver off the board, and it was very funny. My dad disagrees with me. He's like, he's not big enough, and then we were watching the game, though. So. We've had this argument for weeks now, but I'm like, Smitty is the best wide receiver to come out of this class. He should be the number three overall pick to Miami, and my dad's like, no, he's too small, blah, blah, blah. And then my dad was comparing him to Randy Moss during the game. Wow. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't – I'm okay with either or going – so like he thinks the only way that Smith doesn't go number one is Jamar Chase has like an unreal combine. Like all he did all offseason was just get absolutely in freak shape. Like pull, pulls out a DK Metcalf combine. That's the only way I see – even a shot of Chase going number th- like being the top receiver of the court. But all thing is, we also have to think about this. Miami may not take a receiver early if they don't if they like if they have like a shot at him taking one at eighteen because your boy Waddle will be there at eighteen. No, nope. we're close to it. He not if the Giants have anything to say about it. Your uh, Giants, Giants can't draft anybody right. Shut up. <laughs> Smith or Chase will go at three, and then not to the Bengals because they're going to take offensive yeah, line probably. Eagles but take the other one. The Whoever's... Eagles will take one of them. And then the Patriots need weapons help. If they don't like any of the quarterbacks, they might take a receiver. 
I think by 18, you are going to be looking at Justin Ross, Rashad Bateman. Justin, he's playing? I thought he was football career was over. Uh, is it? I just saw. I, I, if he Listen, if he's going to play next year, if he's going to play in the NFL, I'm the happiest kid alive for him. I, feel, I hate Clemson. I felt horrible for this man. I was like, this poor kid got a career-threatening neck injury. I have a buddy who went to Van, who, who uh, played. A, he's a linebacker for my uh, high school. He had the same injury, and his he was done. All right, so maybe not Justin Ross. I forgot that, but Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Love him. He's uh, nice. He's nice, but I don't think you should take him at eighteen. No, I think you should take him like like almost like T Higgins, like you take him in the second round. Late first, second round, fine. Like, Smitty's going to be – Chase is going to be gone. Smitty's going to be gone. They both could potentially be top five, definitely top ten. Uh, Waddle's going to be gone by 18. Terrace Marshall, maybe. But I we're wouldn't also, take him at 18. We're also ignoring the fact that there is free agency, and I could so see Miami taking a shot and Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay and them not taking a receiver that early. They maybe go get a – Patrick Sertan, as much as Kevin, I know how you're not a f- your tweets and you've been texting us about Patrick Sertan or a Greg Rousseau or this or the dummy from Penn State. Like they could, I could easily see Miami at three if they get a receiver or two in free agency. Because also John, I think believe John Ross is a free agent as well as so AJ Green. Like half of the Cincinnati receiving core is leaving. So I, I um also though I have another reason why I think Smitty would go at three over anyone else. Tua familiarity, yeah. True well, I mean, freshman listen, connecting oh. on the biggest play potentially in Alabama's history. At I least mean, listen, that, it's a smart idea. I, just, I don't know. We also still have, we still haven't had, had any trades yet. Like certain teams might start trading up. Like we might have like who who knows what's gonna happen because we might get like the newest head whoever the head coach is for my birds might be like okay I want to get up to four because I want a receiver, but or we might have Miami be like all right I want to trade back to like eight and get, like, another first-round pick. We don't know what the hell is going to happen, so. Or, you know, the Dolphins could be fucking idiots and trade away the number three pick and Tua to get Deshaun Watson. I would love that so much because that would be the most, like, like, oh, my God, oh, my Lord. And, I, I Kevin, I, I, I said this to I said this to Cruz the other day, and he got I don't he was so mad at me he did or he was so irritated with that text message he didn't respond to me and he was like I'm like listen I think Hertz if Hertz go gets tra- if or when Hertz gets traded and goes to a different roster he may end up having a better earlier few years than Tua and I think I said this I was drunk off my ass it was not a sober thought and I because thinking about it I think Tua is in a better situation if he stays in Miami but I think Cruz was so mad he didn't even respond to me. <laughs> Tua's in a better situation Miami, and I think Miami's in a better situation with Tua. They have draft capital. I was actually going to text you guys that we have to talk about this, too, and then I just didn't. Fuck it. We're just going to talk about it because I want to. Um, they'll have better draft capital. No one knows what's going on with the cap because of COVID. They have a lot of cap room. 2022, Deshaun Watson's cap hit goes up to $40 million. Yeah, and then dude. it's like 42 th- the year after. I thought about that for a That's second. big everyone's going, Ben numbers. Everyone's going crazy about Wentz's cap hit. And I'm like, wait, I know there's other quarterbacks with worse ones than us. Yeah, like Deshaun Watson's this year was nine. Next year, it's 15. Next year, I think the Dolphins have rejected $25 million in cap space. Then theirs goes up to like 60, 90 or 60. I forget I wrote something about this. 
Uh, it's at 90 at some point, and then but Deshaun's skyrockets to 40 million cap hit, and that's without considering Mike Jasicki, free agent next offseason. Also true. Devontae He's Parker. going to be paid like a top five tight end. Also Devontae Parker as well. Devontae Parker, he's 2023, I think. Yeah, I think they have one more year with him. They threw, didn't they throw him like a garbage time contract a couple years ago? Yeah, I I think the Dolphins' best case scenario, you don't trade Tua, you draft Smitty. I'm, listen, I'm, I would love to get Smitty or Chase, but I like if the Dolphins take Smitty, I'm not going to complain if we get Jamar Chase, who is – basically just as good as Justin Jefferson, but faster on the back on like top end speed. Can, can I tell you the funniest thing I've ever seen? What? In a year where Devontae Smith broke like the receptions record, the receiving yards record and the receiving touchdowns record. Mm-hmm. LSU fans like Jamar Chase had a better year. Last no, year. he didn't. Jamar Chase had a bet. I will argue Justin Jefferson was a better number two to chase than Waddle was also because Waddle missed half the season. So that's kind of the other part of that argument. I think Waddle is going to have a great career in the NFL as well. But I think Smitty kind of proved that he's the better. Smitty came out of his shell and stepped up to the plate. Like some receivers like, oh, my God, the guy I'm going to get like all the safety coverage now because my number, the guy who was leading me, the guy who was taking half the guys away from me is gone. And Smith just put up like stupid numbers. I will say this, though. Chase did have Justin Jefferson, who was absorbing a lot of the targets he would get. But Chase is not better than Devontae Smith. Chase could have a better career, depending on where they each player yeah, goes. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about oh. numbers. Oh, sure. numbers? No, 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 numbers. Also, but raw talent, I do like Chase's route running better. But that's just because he is the most polished route runner with that much speed I've ever seen. That's right. Also, um... So people are like, oh, you said Justin Jefferson's taking away targets. You know who's taking away targets from Devontae Smith? Najee Harris. And Messi. My boy. Also had a great year, but Najee Harris had like 24 touchdowns. I know. Uh, Najee Harris, so how early do you think Harris is going to go? I've heard as high as mid-second. I think this game helps him, though. You think first round. Mid to late first is what I've seen. Wow. Pittsburgh okay. is what is the one I've seen mostly. So you have him going over ETN now. Yeah. Najee Harris is the best running back in this class. By I was, far. My, see, somebody asked me to say there, what do you think? I'm like, listen, Najee Harris is a better receiver. He's more powerful. I would take ETN's top end speed over Harris, but that's basically the only thing he's got over Harris. But Harris, I think, is a more complete running back. Najee Harris is blocking and receiving skyrocketed this year coming back to Alabama was the greatest thing he could have done for himself Najee Harris is shifty he's an angry his spin was unbelievable also he's the most athletic running back in this class I would toss it up with ETN because oh I'm sorry have you ever seen ETN jump over a linebacker as he's standing upright because I've seen Najee Harris do that okay Kevin I will say I've also watched ETN for three or four years or whatever I, that man still puts me in awe every time I watch him get a handoff. I will say they're 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 very close. I will give Harris the edge right now because how well Harris played the, down the stretch and the 24 touchdowns definitely helps his case. I'm also, saying do not short sell ETN though. That man. I'm not short selling ETN. He is the number two back in this class for me, and it's close. I'm not saying it's miles apart. But do you know why Najee Harris doesn't have as good career numbers as Travis ETN? He sat behind like half of the NFL running back court. Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris. 
that that one other guy who's playing on the Raiders who's got a Dewey. What's his name? Josh, oh, yeah, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Sappy had all of them. No, I get I get you. I seriously do. Also, um, uh, Samir, do you have any thoughts as I ramble about Alabama? I mean, okay. He, I, I've been talking. I, of course, his internet cuts out again. Goddamn interns. <laughs> While we wait for him to get back. Can we talk about the 2017 Alabama recruiting class? Can you not hear me? You Dude, your talking. internet kicks out every 40 seconds. Dude, what is going on? I feel like freaking AJ Hawk on McAfee. Oof. Uh, okay, you hear me now? Yes. Yes. All right, yeah, so I was talking to my Steelers fan friend, and he's saying, like, I mean, realistically, if you're the Steelers, would you rather draft a running back in the first round? Would you rather have Najee Harris, or would you rather go get a quarterback? I think they'll go get a ben looks horrible. other ways. Because they're one of the destinations I could see um, number two on Philadelphia going. is because Hurts would fit in perfectly mm-hmm. with that culture in Pittsburgh. Because also, the fact that Peterson's gone, it's that basically just stamp that Wentz is staying. Like, there's no – like, the trade Wentz rumors can not be put to bed completely, but you could put about nine out of ten nails in that coffin that they're dealing him because – when I I never bought the whole Wentz and Peterson can repair that friendship. I also think that Hurts – I think Hurts, honestly, was how he schemed to get a higher draft pick if the season went south. In the back of his head, he's like, even if we don't do well and Hurts has a good season, we could still trade one of them to get a higher draft pick next year. I think the Steelers would throw a second or first rounder at Philadelphia for Hurts because, Kevin, you said you, they could get a first rounder for the kid. And Pittsburgh would definitely throw one at him, especially with Big Ben. Well, you're going to tell me that Mason Rudolph's the quarterback of the future? I don't even oh, think Big Ben – Big Ben's not playing next year. He looked atrocious on Sunday night. And that's a perfect transition into 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 talking about football this weekend. But, well, I had more points to make that I said. Oh, my – oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I have points about the Steelers. Okay, go. Who are they going to take at quarterback where they're drafting? That's what – that was my question. That's why I said – Kyle the Trask? Yeah. No, Lance's <laughs> gone. Wilson's gone. Mac might still be there. Yeah, I was thinking might. Mac Jones. I and and it feels like I mean you put Mac Jones in there. Maybe I mean Ben's under contract next year. If he comes back, have him under Ben. I mean Mac Jones could just be the next Ben. I mean and they would just be a pretty similar offense. There but quick before we get into the NFL, we're gonna talk about the 2017 Alabama recruiting class. Here we go. Greatest recruiting class in college football history. Oh. Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Tua Tungavailoa, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, Xavier McKinney, Mac Jones, and Jedrick Wills. That's like nine. That's like that's that's up there with like the 001 hurricane. Or was that's the ninety that's the ninety nine hurricanes recruiting class. I think it's pretty close. And Xavier McKinney was a second-round pick. I think Dylan Moses is probably going to be a third-round pick. He didn't play that great this year and also injuries. But Najee, Jerry, Ruggs, Smitty, Tua, Leatherwood, Mac Jones, and Jedrick Wills are all first-round – were all first-rounders or are probably going to be first-rounders. Yeah. The only way I see Mac falling out of the first round is if every quarterback that's ranked in front of him, even though I would take Matt – I'm – Kev, you know this – I will take a quarterback with a cannon arm over a quarterback with better numbers any day. So Mac, who has the best arm in this draft to me, um, I would take Mac over Zach Wilson and 
Trask and the only ones I mean, I Fields is a toss up to I, I Fields honestly Fields and Lawrence you have to take over him, but like Mac, if I was drafting, I would take them over those other two. But if 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 the court if nobody takes a quarterback after after Lawrence right away and it's like nine or ten and then we finally see a quarter a quarterback off the board at like ten or eleven like they with receivers last year, I think that Mac that's the only way Mac falls out of the first round. And then some team that is going to see that it might trade back in like Lamar, like Lamar Jackson in uh, 2017. We're like, there's no way in hell he should have fallen that fallen that far, but he did. And t- some team where he picked goes back and gets him. That's the way that's my Mac Jones scenario. I'm kind of hoping he goes to a team where he like doesn't have to run for his life. He can just start rot- ripping the ball out throwing Mac bombs as our boy Cruz calls it. True. All right. You all ready for a uh, playoff football with the one sentence game? Yeah, I'll stop ranting about Alabama. Yeah, it's okay. Well, that's what tailgate in the quad is for. Are you excited to record for this week? Yeah, Mike's coming on. Ooh. All right. Um, first off, the most entertaining game, at least the last four minutes, were uh, Colts and Bills. I, my Super Bowl pick, ended up holding on for the win. Um, possibly no Super possibly no retire. Uh, that was, I might have been Phil Rivers' last shot. Which kind of stinks, but at the same time, um, Colts played well. Uh, that was a fumble, by the way, and the ref screwed that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my sentences were, the the Bills got fucking screwed. It didn't matter, but that was a fumble. So, Samir, we're not going to, since you're the intern, we're not going to give, you know, you don't have to do a sentence. But, since, all right, since you kind of lost that privilege after you screwed Pat out of the picks last week. <laughs> I don't think Pat's forgiving you yet because I got an Xbox on Sunday. He was pissed. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, but we'll talk about this game quick and we'll move on because it's not re- like basically we're just talking football today. Um, Everyone, I'm not lo- I'm not getting the hate on Buffalo this week because the Colts for a while, I think I think at the best roster of any wild card team, like. Two, like almost how the Bengals were back in like the Andy Dalton days. Two through fifty-three, the Colts have one of the most stacked rosters in the league, and they punched Buffalo in the mouth. But the reason, what the difference was, Buffalo had the better quarterback, and Diggs was even hundred percent and played out of his mind. So I, I, I still think Buffalo is the like the go-to going forward, at least in the AFC besides um, Kansas City. The the Zach Moss injury will hurt them. He was not their best running back, but he was a nice tool to have in your back pocket and him being out is going to suck. Yeah. Any, uh, any thoughts, Samir? Uh, Giants legend, Devonte Freeman. No, I was watching, God. I was, I was watching the game and, or I, you know, watching both games. And I was thinking to myself, if the seating had fallen just a little bit differently, I think if the Colts played the Ravens, I think the Colts beat the Ravens. That, oh, I don't doubt that. It. I mean, because I mean, the Titans' defense. I mean, they're just bad. Uh, from from what I've sense. seen from the Titans' defense, they're they're. I think they're a bottom half defense. So I think. I mean, Jonathan Taylor. Oh my God. I mean, that didn't work. To keep up with what Lamar Jackson would do against the Colts. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I look at it from the standpoint that uh, last thought on this right now, Kevin, unless you got anything else about this game. Nah. Um, yeah, Joe, I think the Bills have the most complete roster in the NFL, or at least like it, the loss of the, the loss of Zach Moss really hurts. But their secondary is better than Kansas City's. Their pass rush is already better. And I think that's the kicker. If there is going to be a team that knocks off the Chiefs, it is going to be this Buffalo Bills. So um, I'm I'm all I'm on the I'm, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Um, Rams and Seahawks. Yo, Seattle, karma's a bitch, huh? Damn. <laughs> Kev, what you got? <laughs> I mean, I, I I said it before. Russell Wilson's not winning the MVP, and I know this doesn't impact it, but he falls off in the second half of the season. Also, I saw something. Uh, this dude on TikTok. At Spawn Hour, he was talking about how, this is not my sentence, but imagine the slander Wilson would get if he didn't have that 2013 Super Bowl. And that's right. If they didn't win in 2013, Ooh. he hasn't really done anything oh up to the, like, God, since then. Right. Like, he, other he, than that, he, his most memorable play is an interception on the goal line. Yeah. I mean, he's been an okay quarterback. Like He's been like uh, top 10 numbers-wise, but... Yo, I think we can really pull Russell Wilson out of the top five quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, it, even in that 13 run, like, he wasn't the guy. He didn't was, carry the team to the Super Bowl. That was it was Bobby the defense. Wagner, it was a kicker. Yeah. And, and Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. That was that loaded-ass defense that had, and like, Brandon seven. Pro- yeah. Every, yeah. Oh, oh, you mean uh, convict number blank X1Z, whatever the hell his yeah. number is. Yeah. Current inmate of some of some state in the United States, Brandon Browner. Yeah, no. Um, oh, and my boy Byron Maxwell, who was their nickel corner. Um, one, okay, the second worst cornerback acquisition in Eagles history. Um, looking at you, Namdi. <laughs> I mean, he married Kerry Washington. He's an actor now. I think life could be worse for the guy. Wait, what? He's an actor? He's an actor now. He's actually not a bad actor. I've seen him act in like two things now. I'm like, he's not terrible. I remember when you guys signed him and I was pissed because I thought he was sick. And I was like, oh, we're screwed. I and mean, he was he pretty good before then. Our best cornerback we got that year was DRC. And he didn't really have a career resurgence. So he went to the Giants. Because he got <laughs> bullied. He, uh, the game I remember is 2014 when he got bullied by Des Bryant for two quarters where Des just got pissed off and started shoving him around the field. And I was just like, this is just wrong. Like, he, he's so skinny, he can't keep up with Des. Yes, Kevin, I think you've seen something you don't want to see. Oh, no. Okay, that would look like you saw something hysterical. But yeah, no, no. remember, hungover, still because I'm old and yeah, no sleep. Oh, God. All right. right. Next game, Saturday night, Washington versus Tampa. Now, I'm going to say this. Does Taylor Heineke earn the starting job next year? Because he played out of his mind in that game. It wasn't great, but it was like a Herculean effort for a guy who's played less than 160 snaps before that game. He deserves a competition. He yeah. 100% deserves a competition. I, the starting spot off the bat, I don't know. Also, Alex Smith coming back, it's still up in the air. He said he has to talk to his family. So that's kind of, you know, I think if Alex Smith comes back for another year, I think Alex Smith should be the quarterback. Uh, but 
damn if he doesn't deserve a shot. Yeah, yeah. I I know I'd give you shit, Jared, saying you have a bunch of sentences when you play. I have three sentences here. Go for it. One, I was right. I said Tampa Bay would struggle. Mm-hmm. Two, the St. Louis Battlehawks were so dominant, their backup quarterback almost won the Washington football team a game. <laughs> Battlehawks podcast out here. And three, Sam Heineke just gave himself a 10-year NFL career. He's That's a backup, yeah, Daniel for sure. At worst. Oh, yeah. He's like a Chase, a, uh, a Case Keenum before the Vikings effort. Josh McCown, Chase Daniel, Case Keenum, like guys like that. Ryan Fitzpatrick bounce around the league. They might start here and there, and you're like, okay, we might be able to win. But he's never going to be a great quarterback. I could be or, wrong. Or like, or like a Charlie Batch who just sits on one team as a backup for like 16 years. Yeah, dude's a legend. I love him. All right. Anything on this game, Samir? Not really. I mean, A A B looks great. Yeah, true. True. Like also, that Jared, offense with A B and he was collecting his thoughts. Okay, good. I almost like I almost just flipped out just now. Um, honestly, I, I, I like A B Godwin and Evans. That is just the most dead. That looks like one of our maddened receiving cores in our in our mini league, Kevin. It's just not fair. And Brady's just sitting back there chucking darts at it, and it's just hysterical. And then don't overlook the tight ends. I mean, Cameron Brate weirdly had a good game. And then you got that the party boy Gronk himself. I mean, I, I, st- I don't think Gronk will ever be back to what he was in his New England days, but I think he'll still be a decent, like, number two pass-catching tight end. Yeah. Uh, so going into next year, though, uh, so Godwin's a free agent and AB's a free agent, so – if you're the Bucks, okay, so say Brady has one more year, two more years left. Yeah. I mean, do you do everything you can to keep – can you keep all three of them? Can you hand out big contracts to Godwin? And, I mean, I guess A.B. is not going to demand a huge contract. So do you let Godwin walk, let A.B. Your, be your number two? Because I think he can be the number two and be fairly effective if you want one last shot with Brady. I That's, talk to them and say, if you make to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, I say – We'll give you like a one-year deal worth relatively big money now, and then once Brady walks, we'll give you a longer-term deal. I like that strategy. It's just like how who's actually going to think straight here? Because if AB, I, I I like some of your strategy of like keeping. Because I don't. Godwin might be like, all right, I'm not liking playing with Brady right now because my numbers went down. Um, can I go be the number one somewhere else? Because he's always been Mike Evans' shadow. That's one thing we have to not ignore here. Is he's always sat behind Evans. He may be like, I'm going to be the number one on some other team. Oh, hey, Miami, I'll move across Florida. I'll be the number one with Demonte Parker. I'll go help Tua out. Like, that like could be something he could say because at the end of the day, a lot of wide receivers do have these kind of egos with, like, Godwin's a top 10, top 15 receiver. He could say that and be like, all right, yeah, I want to walk. And that could be it. And a team like Miami, who has a lot of cap room, may chuck a couple bills at him, and then you go. He's wearing he's wearing uh, whatever that – uh, aqua green and orange and white next year. So I could see Godwin working great in that offense too, by the way, especially with Tua liking to throw a lot of intermediate to mid routes. That's what's just Godwin's specialty. Be perfect fit with Devontae Parker as a deep guy there. All right, moving on Sunday game. This was the first game I got wrong. I was a little upset about it. Ravens Titans. 
God damn it, Derrick Henry. No, actually, no. I'm not going to get on Derrick Henry because my sentence is I have never wanted to pull five men's man cards until I watched the damn Titans try to block the Baltimore off defense this weekend. That was atrocious. As a former offensive lineman, I was appalled. There was no drive. They got beat up. They were getting run blitzed the entire game, and there was no counterplay call. First of all, if the Eagles hire Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator, I'm going to go smack Lurie in the face because Arthur Smith's play calling in the game was atrocious. A.J. Brown was the only reason they were on the board. Reason two is that they, you know, I guess you have Derrick Henry got power back, right? Run a fucking counter or something. They're run blitzing and trying to force you to the edge and trying to force you out of bounds or force you in the hole. Run a goddamn counter and get him off the backside. Like, the play calling on the, uh, the the entire back half of that game, my dad and me are sitting there watching the game like, how are they missing these? Because Baltimore, it wasn't like they were running like this complete circle. Like, there was always a seam. And the seams were always on the backside. They kept running right into it. And I, it just wasn't working. This was atrocious. A.J. Brown's the only Titans player who played well this weekend. Yeah. Also, it's hysterical to see, because I've seen it, See Ravens fans hold this game up. See Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. Oh, I'm sorry. 17 worse numbers than Daniel. 17 for 24, 179 yards and a touchdown. Yes, he got 136 yards on the ground and on the ground and a touchdown. Also, I I misspoke. Lamar had an interception, not a touchdown. But that does not prove that he's a good quarterback. That proves he can run the ball. We already knew that. It also proves that the Tennessee defense is a joke and the offense can only run when they're halfbacks running at full cap. All right, anyway, so my last thing in this game is, Kev, was one of Tennessee's play calling. Because with the, when they actually threw the ball downfield, I mean, yes, not having Corey Davis for the entire second half was not great. But Baltimore is not a good team. And the fact that people are picking Baltimore to beat Buffalo is almost asinine and borderline on brain-dead stupid. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. I... It's because people want Baltimore to be good because they were good as we were growing up with that defense, you know, with Joe Flacco on that defense in 2012. But they're not—they're not that good. They are a perfectly average team. I still love how certain broadcasters, not going to name names, called them going like 15 and 160. Now I called them going 14 and two, but that's because their schedule was kind of a joke. Um. I mean, yeah, I, had, um, I did have them winning the AFC North, but I didn't think they were going to be that good. Yeah, I don't think either of us. We had both. We both had Pittsburgh going like seven and nine. So yeah, it was more so. I thought the AFC North would be bad. I didn't think Baltimore would be good. Well, we both picked. We both thought Cleveland would be good, or at least av- at least average to good. But like, I think we both were wrong about Pittsburgh at least for the first eleven games of the season. So no, yeah, we were right in the end. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. We were right, wrong for the first eleven games, and the back, the back ones, we were fine. Um, all right, final one. Actually, no, no, no middle game. Uh, this was the game. I kind of, I first of all, can we just talk about the fact Cordell Batter- Patterson is my damn hero? <laughs> uh, the, the, that man owes Bill Belichick so much. <laughs> all right, so Cordell Patterson, by the way, was okay. So it was Bears Saints. Uh, Saints win. My sentence is, I love how the one the Nickelodeon game had one player cuss on the microphone and they caught it. 
they didn't catch it. Like it was like it went through. So I, I love that. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is the goat. He has done something no quarterback in NFL history has done. He won an MVP, a Nickelodeon valuable player, whatever the hell they called it. Oh my god! And the worst part was is one of our boys was like, yeah, they hacked the system to make sure he has to take this award after a loss and. Can we also talk about the fact that the Bears play calling after that dropped catch was atrocious? Yeah, no. The I was on a Zoom call with friends, so I just kind of had that on in the background. But it, I don't know. Mitch might have saved his job though with this play down the stretch. He didn't play phenomenally, but if there's no quarterbacks available, I can see the Bears going. All right, we'll roll with Mitch for another year. See what happens. I was waiting for them to roll falls out as like a last ditch effort like hey like you're the playoff aficionado let's see what you got and they didn't I even pull show the that they they might roll with mitch next year because he wasn't playing horribly and if you want to keep this guy around to play meaningful games for you you don't want to bench him after playing okay because you don't want to ruin his confidence true i also think they just need to fix the weapon situation they need to get they need to they need to fit, switch play callers man they need new oc because this guy was awful yeah i don't like, think the weapons are the issue yeah, well, they need to make sure they keep Allen Robinson because he yeah. he is he is something different. All right, whole new coaching staff would be nice. Yeah, Matt Nagy's got to go too. I, I'm surprised Matt Nagy hasn't gone yet. I figure I thought he was more his job was less secure than Peterson's. At least Peterson won a Super Bowl. Is Pace still there? Yes. I I forget if he, they fired him or not. Like I would if you I think that even just more drives home the point that they are sticking with Mitch because. If I were the Bears ownership group, I would not want Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy making a decision on who our next quarterback is. Oh, yeah. They took Mitch Trubisky at two. Yeah, not a, not a fan. Not a fan. All right. Let's talk about the most shocking game of the weekend. Shocking, not because you and me picked, the correct, picked it correctly, by the way. So thank you for talking me into this pick. You're welcome. Um, uh, sometimes you are right, buddy. I will give you credit. Um... It's the fact that it started off 28 nothing. God, Pittsburgh looked like they got shot in the first 30 seconds. It started off like that that's that like like that Bronco Seahawks Super Bowl. The first play was a botched fumble into the end zone. The only way this game could have been more Browns like is if the Browns lost. Other than that though, you jump out to an early lead and then give it up and almost lose. And the worst part was was that I said I was on I was on the party with Sawyer and Justin and we're and they're asking for updates. So I'm watching it on one of my screens while I'm playing like I think I was playing like Valhalla or something like that because the game was like I had it up my laptop screen's big enough where I don't need to have it on the big screen to watch it. And I'm watching it as I'm like waiting for the loading screen, and I'm watching Pittsburgh start to come back. Chase Claypool got hot. I'm like, oh no. Oh no, it's about to happen. Cleveland's about to blow this. Imagine if Cleveland blew this game, though. Uh, I I would hate it just because Juju Smith-Schuster was running his mouth about how Cleveland's just Cleveland. Like it's oh my god, they're gonna win. And He's then not coming back. Cool. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it was a bad loss, but they're gonna get blown out next week. Yeah. Well, he's he's not wrong. Um. Honestly, okay, so I, I get Claypool maybe could chill on the TikToks, but that quote's pretty accurate. They're gonna get absolutely smoked by um. Yeah, but by, you, you just lost, and I know it was a very um petty response, but um, yeah, 
Juju's not coming back. I don't see him return to Pittsburgh because I think he's this season has just not helped his case for being a team player. No. I can see him going to like the New York Jet, Giants or Jets or something like that. Just like a team that just needs weapons and doesn't care if they have like some baggage. I mean, also Juju, it, nothing this season showed me that he's a bad locker room guy, but he just gives opposing teams too much bulletin board material. Yeah, he just needs to shut the hell up. He needs to go to a team with a lot of veteran leadership who's going to tell him to stop. Yeah, it, it's bad. Also, funny you mentioned that you should go to the Jets. There's a YouTuber I watch, Param Crow, and he does relocation, draft, rebuild, stuff like that. He's rebuilding the Jets, and he traded for Juju. Also, I've heard uh, – so, spoiler alert, by the way. I've heard of the Jets. One of the, like, the guys you should watch out for is the fact that Joe Douglas and Doug Peterson have been friends forever, and they're really close still. And everyone's talking about, oh, it's going to be Biennemi or Sala. And I'm like, yeah, watch they go get their boy, Doug, who they think got screwed in Philadelphia. Doug didn't get the bet. Doug did get a raw deal with Howie a little bit, but at the same time, he didn't help himself. I think going with Joe Douglas, who's more Doug's speed when it comes to just finesse, I think honestly, I would not be surprised if Doug Peterson's still wearing a different shade of green in uh at, by the end of this uh, off season. True. I I honestly think that's a good fit too because he'll he'll make Sam Darnold a top ten quarter a top fifteen quarterback. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, they they have okay weapons. It's not like they're like dog. It's so better than what Philadelphia had last year. He and he made that work with Carson. So I mean, I think the best fit for Doug is um, New York Jets, honestly, or going out west to Los Angeles with uh, Joey B. Um, but last thoughts on this game with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I just I think this was the most perfect way for pittsburgh season to end honestly yeah it was so perfect after the how cocky and how annoying they were around like week 11 week 10 and then they get punched in the mouth by cleveland and as much as i hate cleveland fans because i got an argument with one today for 20 minutes about like this gaze to philadelphia room which was shot down so fast because i mean even a moron who's drunk off his ass wouldn't hire Adam Gase to be their next head coach. I um, saw one thing about that, and it was from a fake Adam Schefter account. Yeah, and then PMT retweeted it, so everyone went crazy for about five minutes. And I'm just like, and I had to argue with a Browns fan for 20 minutes on Facebook about my a buddy of mine from college. Like, dude, remember, you guys are still the Browns. Do not talk about bad coaching hires. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I just uh, this is now okay. Kansas City, uh, do your job. Just wipe them off the face of the earth. It, it's been fun. Let's go back to reality now. I think it's funny. The uh, the Bills had the greatest NFL coach of all time in Bill Belichick, and the greatest college coach of all time in Nick Saban on the same coaching staff. It Ooh. still couldn't make an AFC Championship game. What? What? Uh, that was what? Early nineties. Ninety four. That was who was the head coach then? That was Marv. That Bill was Marv. Bill, Bill Belichick was the head coach. Nick really? Saban was the defensive coordinator. Who was the OC? I don't know. Damn. It's an impressive coaching stuff. But then again, also, you just have to go to the right system. I've seen, I've noticed with some coaches, some coaches need a, the right spot. Yeah. I mean, um, Andy, Andy Reid didn't win his first title until he got to Kansas City, got Mahomes. True. Yeah, they won one playoff game with them, and then they did not last that long. Who was their off- offense coordinator? Steve Crosby. 
Okay, so nobody knows who he is. Um, all right. Uh, you got anything weird for me? I do, actually. So, going off this Browns-Steelers game, Ben Roethlisberger threw 68 passes. That's I, I, tied for third. Out Only third? I thought that was an NFL record. Nope. Drew Bledsoe. Built, um, ben Roethlisberger did break the pass completions in a game. He went 47 for 68. 47 is the record for most completions. Vinny Testaverde in 1969, or not 1969, in 2000, completed or attempted 69 passes while on the Jets against the Baltimore Ravens. Against that defense. He went 36 for 69 for 481 yards, two touchdowns and three interceptions Jesus. in a 34 to 20 loss. And then number oh. one, Drew Bledsoe attempted 70 passes oh against the Minnesota Vikings in 1994. He went 45 for 70 for 426 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions in a six-point win. Who is he playing for at that point in 94? The Patriots. Against the Vikings in the playoffs? No, it wasn't a playoff game. No, this oh, was okay. overall. Oh, okay, so it was both. I, I thought it was just playoff games. I was like, oh. No, um, but like the test of everything is crazy to me because like that was against that that like 2000s Ravens defense that have like five Hall of Famers on it. Like, yeah, four. I mean he didn't really do very well. That's I mean, a playoff t- record though. Okay, so that's a playoff record. All right, that's crazy There's though. Some weird guys on this list. Didn't Mac set the record for passing yards last night too? Uh, in the national championship game, yeah, he beat Joe Burrow's record by like. Two yards. Still counts. Yeah, still broken. I'm not. I'm just saying. Right. I'm putting context. All right, here we go. Last call. Let's keep that Motley Crew. All right, so I I'm on a uh, hammer train today because uh, last night I was the Eagles, of course, cut uh, cut off Doug Peterson last night, and I had five different people, including this uh, handsome dude across the screen from me, ask me how I was doing. He did over Twitter because Kev is just Kev, and it led to a series of letter Kenny gifts, which is hysterical. Um, between me and our our coworker uh, Tom, who's also an Eagles fan, he's uh, a little less educated when it comes to football than me, but that's not that's not his problem. Um, my opinion on Peterson was one: if Peterson's gone, it means Carson's night. There's like a 90% chance Carson's staying, unless the new coach comes in and he get doesn't get along with Carson. God, hopefully that does not happen. Um, Carson's staying. This also means that Jalen Hurts is going to be a free man again. Uh, he wants to deal with all this craziness that's going to be next season. Um, Hurts, I could definitely see going to a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is definitely my number one spot for him, at least in fit. Uh, I could also see an Indianapolis Colts. Frank Reich would love to take a shot with a guy like that. Um, there's a couple other spots as well. Maybe I'll, I, I don't think he'll go to Washington because they wouldn't have traded in, in division, but we could do that list another time. Uh, Detroit, honestly, another one I never even thought of. Uh, here's the kicker. It's that with Peterson gone... The names have been tossed out were Lincoln Riley. Probably not going to happen. I love the wishful thinking, though, by Philadelphia to fire off like the, the golden boy of college coaches. I also don't know how he'd fit in the NFL, honestly. I think he's a better college coach. Uh, Robert Sala is apparently the leader in the clubhouse right now. Uh, Deuce Staley, who's been our longtime running backs coach and running coordinator. Where the hell Doug Peterson tried to do the offense this year? And then I've also seen um, Todd Bowles. Not a fan of that one, but I mean, honestly, I think he got kind of hosed by how bad of an owner Woody Johnson was in um new york so jeffrey Lurie is a superior owner to um woody johnson i think anybody really is to be honest with you um i've also heard other names getting floated around 
Archer Smith. Um, but either way, why Peterson got fired and everyone's going, why did you fire Peterson? Philadelphia media this, this morning is hysterical, Kevin. And I hate Philadelphia media sometimes. Like, I, like A2D Radio, I love these guys. They're hysterical. They're a Philadelphia-based media company. They're, I actually, hopefully, we can do a collaboration. I want to try to see if I can get their boy Tom Arnone on because his Chrome of the Day videos is what got me following them. But the reason, and this is from Rapport, it's from multiple sources, not just from one guy, is the reason that Howie, that um, Doug got fired is because he went to the meeting with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie and had no idea what he was talking about when it came to coaching promotions. He wanted to promote Press Taylor to a full-time OC job. He wanted to bring up like a, a talent scout. Like there was a bunch of different guys who like he wanted to just upgrade and just next man up for a coordinator positions. And Jeffrey Lurie looked at him and goes, you're joking, right? And he goes, no. And he got fired. Um, Jim Schwartz is gone. Schwartz, honestly, for what he was given by Howie Roseman this year, was not a horrible D coordinator. The only time the loss was on him was against Pittsburgh when Carson basically battled them back into that game and not rolling over the coverage from Nate Gary covering a red-hot Chase Claypool to at least putting a safety over the top. That's on the, that's on the play calling. That's on the defensive players themselves. But my dream scenario, honestly, is either Deuce or Sala as the head coach. Or if not, I, I don't want to see Deuce leave because Deuce is in that locker room. Deuce is instrumental in what Miles Sanders has become. He's taken him under his wing. If those of you don't know, Deuce, Deuce Staley is a legend in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh. And if honestly, if we do hire Staley, I would love to see us go get a college coach or all, like a young gun college guy, like a, not like a Rhett Lashley, but somebody similar to that, and have him be our OC. Because as much as I love Deuce as an offensive coach, I think Deuce is a motivator and a locker room guy, but X's and O's, I don't know if he's got the chops for it. I know that would be a, definitely a good one for Carson as well. Um, last thing on Peterson, though, he'll bounce back. Everyone's like, oh, it's a dumpster fire. The Eagles fired their head coach won the Super Bowl three years ago. It's like, yeah, but life doesn't give you an expiration date for things not working. In Philadelphia, this was not working. And Kevin even said himself, and I will give him credit for this, he said one more year with Howie Roseman and see what he can do with the traffic. Howie's also got his his new uh, deputy, John Dorsey. And as much as John Dorsey gets a bad rap for the crap he's pulled with coaching searches, that man's draft records 2017 on is impeccable. So I'm not going to knock Dorsey and Roseman. Let's give him one shot this year's draft. Um, I trust Lurie and I trust Roseman to get a good coach. If it's Deuce, if it's Sala, please not Todd Bowles. Or... God willing, if we do if we do get Lincoln Riley, I just hope they don't screw him up too badly. Um, Carson's the quarterback, Miles Sanders the running back, Jamar Chase and uh, possibly and uh, Rieger, Fulgham, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward, Dallas get Dallas Goddard. It's not a bad offense. Let's fix the old, fix the O line, get uh, my man Darius Slay a counterpart, and we'll see where we go from there. It's not a bad. Everyone's saying the Philadelphia's are hosed is not good at evaluating personnel. They're not screwed. They're not great, but they're not screwed. It's definitely this is this is a quicker turnaround than some other rosters. But that's all I gotta say about Doug Peterson. I think it's a good time to make this good. Also, Jalen Hurts deserves to go to a team that's not gonna basically use him as a as draft bait. Okay. Um, but that wraps it up today. Um, 
Unfortunately, Samir, of course, had technical tef- our intern Samir had technical difficulties. He'll be back for our Thursday sh- live stream, which is going to be hysterical for more reasons than one. I'll have a new hair- hairstyle for Thursday. Um, also, um, we're going to reveal who won the picks, which is going to be hysterical as well. Also, Pat will be back. It's going to be a fun time. Also, look out for me and Kev on uh, our boy Mike Berline's Craft Brew Sports. It's going to be a fun time. And Kevin, you have a brand new tailgate on the quad this week with our special guest, our big boss, correct? Yeah, so, well, unless he cancels on me again, he's supposed to be on last week. Um, I can fill in if he's off. But uh, I didn't want to record before the game because I knew I'd have to record after. I didn't want to wait a week. So I was put off recording. I probably should have tweeted it from the account, but I didn't. So yeah, that that's dropping tonight. I'm probably just going to put it up right after we record. Fair enough. Looking forward to hearing it, buddy. Um, but that right wraps up for me. Um, we it's going to be a good week this week, ladies and gents. Uh, some new guests coming down the pipe and some new sponsorships that you guys should get ready for. As of course, we are brought to you by Kong Beer Bong, Hoff and Pepper, Hoff and Pepper, and of course, Belly of Sports and the Belly of Podcast Network. Um, I'm Jared, that's Kev, and we'll catch y'all later in the week. Bye. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.